Grace and peace to you, and welcome to a sermon podcast from Richfield United Methodist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Sign up for weekly digital content at richfieldumc.org. Subscribe, share, and get out there with Jesus to heal a broken world. Thanks for listening, and we hope you have a good experience. This podcast is a sermon on February 2nd, 2020. The Role of the Radical Hospitality is part five of the eight-part worship series, A Fresh Start. The preacher is Reverend Nate Melcher, and the scripture is Acts chapter 16, verses 11 through 15, and Luke chapter 14, verses 15 through 24. Hear this from Paul's travels in Acts. We set sail from Troas and took a straight course to Samothrace, the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia, a Roman colony. We remained in this city for some days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate by the river, where we supposed there was a place to pray. And we sat down and spoke to the women who had gathered there. A certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us. She was from the city of Teretia, a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. When she and her household were baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, Come and stay at my home. And she prevailed upon us. And hear this from Luke. Jesus' stories about dinner parties triggered a response from one of the guests. They said, how fortunate the one who gets to eat dinner in God's kingdom. Jesus followed up, yes. For there was once a man who threw a great dinner party and invited many. When it was time for dinner, he sent out his servants to the invited guests, saying, Come on in, the food's on the table. Then they all began to beg off, one after another, making excuses. Their first said, I bought a piece of property and need to look it over. Send my regrets. Another said, I just bought five team of oxen, and I really need to check them out. Send my regrets. The servant went back. Oh, another one said, I just got married, and I need to go home to my wife. The servant went back and told the master what had happened. He was outraged and told the servant, quickly, get out into the city streets and alleys. Collect all who look like they need a square meal. All the misfits and homeless and wretched you can lay your hands on and bring them here. The servant reported back, Master, I did what you commanded, and there's still room. The master said, then go to the country roads. Whoever you find, drag them in. I want my house full. Let me tell you, not one of those originally invited is going to get so much as a bite at my dinner party. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's say hello seven ways. Number one. Hi, how are you? I'm well, how are you? Good. Help me with your name? Lisa. Lisa, I'm Nate. Thank you so much. So just for fun, I've been asking people today, it's Super Bowl Sunday, uh, if you're doing anything kind of fun for Super Bowl at all. I'm going to go to the youth group. We have a uh, Super Bowl party. We have a new big screen TV. So we're going to try that out. How about you? Anything fun? Um, just going to watch the game with my husband. Yeah. Super fun. Super, super yeah. fun. Super Bowl. I like that. Yeah. Well, I'm going to actually, I'm going to get some Super Bowl snacks too because the youth group are selling their snacks. It's for their mission trip fundraiser. Have you ever been on a mission trip? I have. Yeah? Where'd you go? I, um, I went to Chicago. Chicago? Awesome. Were you like a teenager or as an adult? Or? A teenager. Okay. Yeah. I've only been on mission trips with teenagers, never just like an adult trip myself. I keep meaning to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to Milwaukee for their trip. Uh, I've been to like seven 
You know, Marilyn Dodge over there, hey, do you see Marilyn? She's waving over there. She's gone to mission trips that are just for adults, actually. So we, I should actually ask her. We could ask her about that together. So, well, if you uh, have a good idea what you want for a snack for the Super Bowl, you can go to the sale. And I think Kent and Sue Johnson, they're over there. Can you wave? They help make some of those snacks, so they might be able to give you the scoop on which bag to get. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, it's tough. You, you see them all spread out there. You're like, what am I going to do? So you can get some insider. Thank you. All right. Good to see you. Good to see you. All right. Number two. Hi. How's it going? I'm great. How are you? Good. I'm still great. Good. Help, uh, help me with your name. Lisa. Lisa. I'm Nate. Uh, hey, what brings you here today? Uh, I came to sing with the kids this morning. Yeah. A little worship? A little worship. With yeah. The me too. Great. Well, good to see you. Thank you. All right. Number three. Hi there. Hi. Number four. Hi. Have you met Marilyn? She's right there. Look at her. Yep. Number five. Hi. You're in my seat. I'm so sorry. Usually I'm in the balcony. Number six. <clears throat> Hi. Names? Super Bowl Go Vikes? Uh, okay. Number seven. Hi. Who are you? Lisa. I'm new. What do you do? Cool. What's new with you? Um, you know, cool. Yeah. Are you new? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Hey, do you want to volunteer to do a lot of stuff? I have a whole list of how you're going to be involved in the church. I'm so overwhelmed. Thank you. Let me thank Lisa for being a good sport. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. So. Let's talk about hospitality a little bit here, friends. Uh, who here, when it comes to hospitality, you host? Who likes to host at home? Anybody like to host? have a dinner party or friends over. Yeah, yeah. Hosting's a lot of fun. It's great fun, yes. It's exhausting, too. It can be a workout. Uh, also, out of curiosity, has anybody here ever watched workout videos? Or at least you're familiar with the concept. Uh, I noticed that with workout videos, there tends to be like the trio of leaders. So there's one right in the center, and that's the person who's giving all the instructions, and they're going full bore. Today, we're going to name her Karen. So Karen's right here, and she is just going right in with these exercises all the way. She's saying, come on, we got this. We're going to do four more of these. Come on, we're going to do three more of these. Just all the way, right? Now over to her left is Cindy. Cindy's about a step back, and she's doing the same exercises to the same vigorous routine. But she's not giving you the instructions. She's just showing how cool and collected and confident you can be as you do this. And she's giving you that smile as if to say, you got this. We can do this. Then over here, this is Debbie. Debbie is doing the same kind of exercises as Karen and Cindy, but not to the same rigor. She's kind of doing that half one, you know? So if Karen's over here, come on, we got this, four of these. Debbie's over here, uh-huh, yeah, right? Now, that, there's nothing wrong with being Debbie. Debbie is showing us how to take the step by step process to become Cindy and Karen, right? 
For some exercises, let's face it, we, can, we are Karen, and then for some exercises, we're more Debbie. And if you think about the things in our lives when we develop skills, in some places, we're Karen. We're confident we can even be the teacher to help encourage people on how to do things. And then other times, we're Debbie. We're the learner, and we still have room to grow, okay? So my seven hellos I did just now, some of those were Karen level. Some of those were definitely Debbie. Now, there's nothing wrong with being Debbie. The goal is to stay, not to stay with Debbie. The goal is to start with Debbie to become Cindy and Karen, smiling and enjoying it. That's the difference between hospitality and radical hospitality. Bishop Snazy is a United Methodist bishop who wrote a book called The Five Practices of Fruitful Congregations. And of those five practices, the first one he lists is something he calls radical hospitality. He writes this, Christian hospitality refers to the active desire to invite, welcome, receive, and care for those who are strangers so that they find a spiritual home and discover for themselves the unending richness of life in Christ. Essentially, it is choosing to resolve, to connect, with others. He goes on to say uh, that hospitality has us seeing people as Jesus sees them and seeing Jesus in the people God brings before us. Radical hospitality stretches us, challenges us, and pulls out of us our utmost creativity and hard work to offer the welcome of Christ. Friends, I think this is something that we do well. If you remember, when we looked at the primary leadership component assessment that we took as a church, we looked at the data last week, and um, our top response of all the statements on that assessment we agreed with about ourselves, over 75 of us out of 110 said, we agreed with this phrase about ourselves. People often tell me I'm kind-hearted. That's about hospitality. As a whole, we don't just seem kind, we are kind, and people see it by how we engage them, how we act in the world. And connecting with people is key with how we operate in the world, in God's world. In the life of the church, hospitality is integral, and that's why we have systems to do it. We have greeters and ushers and funeral and memorial hosting and so on. If you have ever served on at least one of those three teams, will you please raise a hand, a greeter or an usher, or you've helped out with the funeral or memorial? That's a big majority of the people in this room right now. Teams lead the way. They're also just the beginning. Hospitality is set up for all of us. Reverend Jim Osier wrote a wonderful book about hospitality in the church. He calls it Clip In, Risking Hospitality in Your Church. And he says that hospitality is something that is every member, every Sunday. His metaphor is clip in. And you can see the, uh, I'm going to pass this to the choir, you can see uh, the person who's on their bike there and they're engaged in, in riding their bike. Clip in is this new thing in the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years or so, where people who are serious bike riders get these special shoes that actually clip into special pedals so that when they're uh, riding their bike really fast, they're just in the zone. 
And yes, they can detach really quickly if there's an emergency, but otherwise you are clipped in and you are locked to really get committed to what you're doing. Now, when I ride my bike, I'm a Debbie. I'm definitely not a Karen clip-in kind of person for when I ride my bike. But I love this metaphor for how we can engage in hospitality. The spiritual shepherds talked a lot about hospitality when we got together for our talk back a few weeks ago in between worship services. We talked about how do we welcome new guests? How do we engage new people who are already here and expand our circles of friends? And how do we just plain learn names? It's fascinating to me how many people in churches, it's not just this church, but I talk to colleagues about this all the time. How do people learn names? And over and over as clergy, we find it amazing how people find it difficult to just admit that we don't know each other's names. It's hard. Because you think, well, I've been worshiping with this person for 30 years just across the aisle, and I didn't ask their name in 1986. So I guess I can't ask it now. That looked pretty bad. But maybe grace can be a part of this process so that we can just go, oh, excuse me, can you, can you help me with your name? Sharon. Thank you, Sharon. Help me with your name is a phrase that I picked up from that Osher book. And the reason I like help me with your name is because you're inviting someone to be helpful. People like to be helpful. Help me with your name. It's a lot better than, uh, oh, I've never met you before. Who, what's your name? Well, then Sharon gets to say, well, actually, uh, we've met several times. Uh, you know, that doesn't go as well. From the book, it's also this phrase that's on the back of your bulletin. So if you look at the back page of your bulletin up on the top, we cribbed a sentence from Jim Osier's book that says this, Thank you for being in worship with Richfield United Methodist Church. We know it's a big step to get up on Sunday morning and go to a new church for the first time. Thanks again. Friends, we can help make these big steps be filled with joy. And you can see the sense of joy in Lydia's words in this reading from Acts. As she speaks with Paul and his companions, these strangers in a foreign land, God opens her heart. She has a conflex moment where her life's journey meets God's heart, and her whole family is baptized. And when Paul needs a place to stay, she proudly proclaims, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. Let me show you hospitality. Christ has shown me radical hospitality in my heart. Allow me to show you radical hospitality out of my faith lived into my home. She doesn't want to just have faith in Jesus. She wants to live out her faith in Jesus. One way she can do that is be a great host. Paul and his crew accept, and God's kingdom keeps expanding. Now, when it comes to hospitality, I think Lydia is a real Karen. She's a good example. She's a good model for how to do this. She steps up. Consider Lydia's invitation to Paul to receive hospitality, and contrast that with all of those who have excuses for why they won't be coming to the party in the parable that Jesus tells in Luke. The dinner host sends word to his would-be guests, I want to show you what radical hospitality looks like. Come to this party. We're ready. And they all beg off with excuses. Oh, I need to look over my new land. Oh, I need to see my new animals. Oh, I just got married. I need to go home to my wife. 
I think people still pull that one today. Now, these excuses are actually right out of Deuteronomy. These were the reasons that you could give to not be conscripted into the army and go off to war. If you had these reasons, you could, you could stay back. So, the next time you don't want to go to a party, you can just quote scripture. You just say, oh, I have to stay home with my wife. The Bible says so. In Jesus' story, the master's hospitality will not be wasted. Servants are sent to invite more and more people, especially people who don't often get an invitation. And why? Because the master wants the house full. If those who begged off see the party is great and then now they want to be a part of it, the master says, no, no, thanks, wait until next time. Hospitality will not be wasted, and neither will God's. God's hospitality is not to be wasted, it's to be shared. We resolve to foster it in our souls and give it away freely and often and with kindness and with joy. I'm a big fan of New Year's resolutions. I love a fresh year for a fresh start with a new resolution. Uh, we're going to try it this way. Raise your hand if you've ever made a New Year's resolution even once in your life. Raise your hand if you've done that even once. Okay. Now, keep them up. Keep them up. Now, if you've ever broken that New Year's resolution, go ahead and put your hand down. Okay. So that's what I thought it would look like, right? Uh, now, the, the, of all my New Year's resolutions, one that really sticks out to me is one that I preached on a couple weeks ago on January 22nd, 2010, when I made the intentional choice to say 2010 will be the year without cynicism. And that was a resolution, by and large, I got to stick with, and it helped change my life and change my heart. You can listen to that podcast, and I think we still have printouts of that available. One of my worst ever New Year's resolutions, I'm going to handwrite more letters to people. Nope. No, that did not work. 538.com has an article called, How Fast You'll Abandon Your New Year's Resolutions. That's a good setup. I like that. They quote a study in the Journal of Clinical Psychology that shows after two weeks, only 71% of resolution makers were still keeping their resolution. At one month, it's 64%. At six months, it's 46%. My additional stat, I think at 12 months, the next January 1st, we're back up to 100%. That's my guess. Ipsos Market Research Company says that the top two resolutions for 2020 are a tie. Eat healthier and manage finances better. Those are pretty good. I hear that one about managing finances better, and I think about how in Lent we're going to have that new class coming up, six weeks on money, to help us learn how to earn, save, and share with our funds so that we control our money and it does not control us. Just going to put that out there, of course. Other... New Year's resolutions that are on the top, managing finances, eating healthy, being active, improving social life, learning new skills, and being eco-friendly. Those are some of the top ones for this year. The best way to keep New Year's resolutions, here's five tips from the American Psychological Association. They say start small. Aim for a small goal and grow it over time. Change one behavior at a time. 
It can be, you can see, we can all have a lot of unhealthy behaviors, and they're often connected, but to try to tackle all of them at once can be overwhelming. So they say start with one. Three, they say talk about it. Tell a friend. Share your goals. Try it with somebody. This is often one of the hardest things to do because you have to admit to somebody, I'm not doing it as well as I want to, and they might actually hold you accountable to it. Four, don't beat yourself up. You're not perfect. So if you do something that isn't perfect, well, remember, you're not perfect. And fifth is ask for support. It's hard to accept help, but it's so worth it. People love you. They want to encourage you. You get a buddy that holds you accountable. I call it an accountability buddy. Thank you. So here's one of my New Year's resolutions for 2020. I will share it with you. I want to ride my bike to work at least once this year. <laughs> I want to do that. So I'm starting small. I'm building my courage and stamina by riding my bike in the neighborhood, come thaw. I'm doing it one thing at a time. I'm not biking everywhere every day, just this one place, one time at least. I'm talking about it with you. I'm not beating myself about how I didn't do it in 2019. And I'm asking for your support. I'm trusting that you'll encourage me, that you'll be kind to me, and if it's 9.05 in the morning on a Sunday and I'm not here, one of you will drive around my neighborhood to make sure I'm not in a ditch somewhere. We can have our own real-life Good Samaritan parable. What if this year we each resolved to offer radical hospitality? In our church, in our workplaces, in our schools, in our, where we live, in our everyday life, and then we talked about it with each other. Could we keep it up? Could we beat those resolution odds together? What if we admitted, when it comes to hospitality, I'm a Debbie. I'm really learning. I don't know what to do. I'm going to start small with intention and integrity and imagination for how to see people as Jesus sees them. And for some of us, can we admit, I'm a Karen. I know how to do this, and I love doing this. And I can demonstrate, and I can encourage, and I can go the extra mile. Okay hospitality kind of just happens. Radical hospitality, God's hospitality, is the Jesus in me welcoming the Jesus in you. Let us practice it in worship, at the communion table, at the grocery store, at the gas station, at the gym, at the school, at our restaurants, on the airplane, on the internet, anywhere we encounter Christ, which is, big surprise, literally anywhere. May we resolve to be radical. May we start where we're at and move forward with intentionality in our minds, kindness in our hearts, and encouraging spirit at our backs. May we find that sharing Jesus makes the dinner party of life so much better. May it be so, and amen. This has been a sermon podcast from Richfield United Methodist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Copyright 2020. Now go into God's world knowing you are a beloved child and bear witness to the love of God so that those to whom love is a stranger will find in you a generous friend. Thanks for listening.